now I'd like to turn to Tim Smith to talk about the outlook for the tanker sector, one that's, I think, fared rather better. Um, welcome back to the Sea Matter podcast, Tim. Thanks, Marcus. It's great to be back. Thank you, Tim. Um, yeah, so it's been another good, if yeah, somewhat volatile year for tankers, I think it's fair to say. Are we going to look at a repeat of 2023 and 2024? I don't think we'll see a repeat, but I think there's still certainly underlying strength to the outlook and the fundamentals. As you say, 2023 has been characterised by high levels of volatility. We've seen massive swings in spot earnings across different markets, but it's also been characterised by elevation overall strength in terms of earnings. We saw that continue into Q4 2023. And obviously, with the wider kind of geopolitical situation at that time, that's helping as well. One of the other things just to comment on in terms of the tanker sector is how heavily influenced it's been by policy and geopolitical developments. And it's important to recognise that those policy decisions are at both international, national and even corporate level at present in terms of influence in the market. You know, we can look to OPEC plus in terms of production policy. That's been very cautious, hawkish in terms of cuts in terms of production. Uh, we can look at the US uh, lifting sanctions on Venezuela, introducing further policy changes which will influence trade flow patterns. And all this overlays on the backdrop of Russia, Ukraine, um, and obviously the huge disruption we've seen to oil markets as a consequence and the wider benefit the tanker sector seen by that redistribution of cargo and the stretching of global trade routes as a consequence. So it doesn't look like that kind of turbulent backdrop from a geopolitical standpoint and a policy position is going to change in 2024. And I think the tanker market tends to benefit from that disruption and certainly has done it or did in 2023. I think when we look at the wider demand side, yeah, touching on the points made earlier on the macro side, we're looking at a slowdown in oil demand growth in 2024. In 2023, we saw a real COVID, post-COVID restrictions uh, rebound in China, and that really dominated oil demand growth in 2023. That's going to ease off as it had done in other regions, which saw those restrictions lifted earlier. So oil demand is going to slow down. Um, we've also got the backdrop of ongoing OPEC plus cuts, which I've mentioned, tightening kind of oil supply. Um, so I think from a wide standpoint, 2024, we'll see underlying demand growth slow down. And I think we've also seen we're, we're coming towards the end of the kind of runway for the benefits of all that rerouting of, of Russian crude and also sourcing of alternative oil sources, both crude and products in regions like Europe as well, that stretch factor might ease off in 2024. For the tanker sector, though, our view remains relatively positive. We do think earnings are going to ease off overall in 2024 versus 23, um, but the market's underpinned by uh, what we consider to be a very constructive supply side or fleet side. We saw much lower deliveries in 23 for tankers, about 15 million dead weight versus a kind of pre-five-year history average um, of around 25 to 30 million dead weight. Uh, in 24, that's going to drop to um, about 8 million dead weight. So 
um, the lowest level we've seen since the 80s. Um, just two VRCCs expected to be delivered in 24. And that's been as a consequence of very low ordering in the sector. So we have seen ordering pick up in the tanker market. We did in 2023. We're going to expect that to continue, but we still have a bit of time before those orders materialize in the market. And alongside that, we do expect scrapping volumes to rise. There is a risk to that. We've seen negligible scrapping in 2023. But again, with the tanker market, there is this wider bifurcation in the fleet between vessels operating and trading sanctioned cargoes and operating out of Russia. Um, that further tightens the market. We've seen a crackdown in Q4 from the US on vessels moving Russian cargo uh, as well. Um, so those elements further tighten the supply side beyond just the kind of overall capacity um, and will uh, or are expected to support market conditions in, in 2024. So there's a lot going on in the market all the time. The frequency of events seems to be increasing and the tanker market is highly exposed to a lot of these geopolitical and policy factors. Um, we expect, though, that the market will moderate in 24, but remain relatively kind of robust in terms of the earnings levels. Yeah, I was going to say, when you say it's going to moderate, could you quantify that to an extent? If we look at um, time charter rates, um, we'd probably be looking at a kind of perhaps 10 to 15% reduction. That does depend a little bit on the segment we're looking at. We expect VRCCs to be relatively stronger than, than other markets. And obviously, the mid-sized markets have seen incredibly elevated earnings. I'm talking about Suez Maxes, Aframaxes as a consequence, partly of, of, of the Russia situation. We expect those to see a bit more potential downside in 2024. And from a spot market perspective, which is typically more volatile than, than time charter rates, we might expect to see a bit more in terms of the drop on an annual average basis between 23 and 24. So I think it's important just to emphasize the fact that the levels will remain high in a historical context. We're talking about moderation rather than you know a dramatic drop and markets have been incredibly strong anyway. So our forecast is, is one of positive earnings levels for the tanker sector, particularly when you look at it in long-term historical context. Yeah, so it's it's yeah, it's a pretty positive picture. And those rates, as you say, from a historical perspective, have been quite strong. The overall level of ordering has still remained quite low from the figures I've seen. Is, are there any particular reasons for that that you see? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it's picking up, certainly, and it's um, been concentrated in certain sectors. So in 2023, we've seen a lot of LR2 orders, for example, on the product side, as well as MRs, uh, and also Suez Maxes on, on the crude side. I think there's a few reasons in terms of they're driving that kind of reticence in, in ordering. Um, one is uh, relatively high prices. Two is kind of both regulation and um, propulsion and fuel types, um, where we, you know, we speak to um, people in the market who are waiting to see what's going to happen in terms of uh, engine evolution and which kind of fuel type is going to become more prevalent. I think with the tanker sector, it feels to me that owners are happy to enjoy earnings levels as they are without necessarily adding more tonnage, particularly when they have these questions hanging over them and there's a certain 
potential disadvantage to be moving first in terms of ordering certain fuel type or propulsion types um, when you can wait and see what happens unless you have a pressing need to renew your fleet. So I think those are some of the key reasons. So you get a bit different from the typical sort of chipping cycle then actually as a result of that. Yeah, definitely. And I think these underlying structural factors will be big drivers across shipping sectors through the 2020s. And also, well, as we move into the second half of the 2020s, in terms of propulsion choices, and also decarbonisation and the wider energy transition. These are the areas we are looking at very heavily in MSI. I mean, we look at 2024, but we look out even all the way up to 2050. So we pay a lot of attention to these factors. And obviously, they're important for our clients in terms of understanding how these things are going to evolve. Thank you for listening. And we look forward to joining you on the next episode of the Sea Trade Maritime Podcast.